Thank you very much, Trish. Very much appreciated. Now, um, the, uh, some of you who are following on with the core values and the vision and mission statement will notice that the one that follows family is mis- uh, f- mission is family. Um, so I've shifted that around because next week's Father's Day and I thought family and Father's Day would go nicely together um, because as a dad, I wasn't sure whether servanthood and dad... Oh, yeah, that goes together too. That just yeah. Servanthood. Displaying love, acceptance humility, generosity, and servant hearts to all, particularly the vulnerable. So that's our value. Displaying love, acceptance, humility, generosity, and servant hearts to all, particularly the vulnerable. Now, you've heard from the book of John. um, And just before we go back and have a look a bit more with that passage, with the Jesus washing the disciples' feet, I want to talk a bit about this, but talk about it in the opposite sense. So servanthood is generosity, humility for the vulnerable. But the opposite of servanthood would be what, do you think? Someone a little bit louder? Being the boss? I don't know, uh, servant leadership, that's being the boss, but you lead by example of being a servant, which is what Jesus did, Amen. Selfishness, I like that. That adds to where I'm going. Lording over that, that too. Being a taker. Ooh. Indifference, that's a very good one. I'm not probably getting to that one today because it's only a 20-minute sermon. But indifference is very good. Yeah, you are timing today. The one I've gone with is power. Power. And power can be good and it can be bad. In Jesus' day, who was in power? The Romans. How did they rule? By the sword. They ruled by the sword. Do what I say or it's off with your head. Sounds like the, the queen out of a certain story. Off with their heads. And that's what they did. Today, we don't talk about the sword very much, do we? So we rule by the Money or guns. In some of the poorest countries in the world, they no longer have swords, but they have this thing. It's called a machete. We had Juan Carlos, Juan Carlos, I did, we didn't. We had Jean Claude here two weeks ago. Yeah, it'd be pretty amazing to have Juan Carlos Vitez <laughs> here, I'm telling you. We had Jean Claude here, and he talked about his family being hacked to pieces by this thing, by a machete. Very personal weapon, but a very powerful weapon. But it's not what it's created for. It's actually created to be a useful tool. My first time in the Solomon Islands, they carried these around, not as weapons, but for useful tools all around, for digging with, for chopping things with, for opening up coconuts, everything. The machete was so useful. They even used it for cutting the grass. The women were so good at it. They just whoosh, and it would be gone. So good. I tried to get Cynthia a, a machete so she could mow the lawn too, but she wasn't very okay with that idea. But they also grab it and use it as a weapon, a weapon. My last time in Malawi, the guy in customs has a haircut similar to you, Charlie, and, but across a good one, yes, but across his face... 
was a line that went right like that. A machete chop. Power. The sword. Power. Used powerfully, effectively, or negatively. I want to share with you around power today, around our world, the government can be a good thing, the government can be a bad thing. And if you go all around the world, in the prayer meeting this morning, we're praying about um, some people, Armenian church, is that right, Jan, Armenian church? Um, Some people came in and and ripped the church down and destroyed everything. They probably used machetes as well. So the government can be good, the government can be bad. The government can enforce things and, and tell us this is what you have to do and it can be helpful or it can be not helpful. You understand what I'm saying? So that power can be bad, can be very bad. Another one which is maybe not as, as forceful but as hidden as a machete is a knife. And I'm saying that's very powerful. A lot of people will carry those around. Now, a lot of these are used for bushwalking or you know, getting out in the bush, chopping up twigs and that sort of thing, opening cans up and all that sort of stuff. But it can be a bad weapon. In fact, here on the Sunshine Coast, there's a program at the moment called Bin the Blade because too many of our young people carry something like this or smaller around with them 24-7. So something that can be helpful also becomes very unhelpful. And I want to paint that picture as our social media. It can be really good. I'm, I'm a part of a group which is um, walking out of the shadows, which is remembering people who have committed suicide. It comes up on my Facebook page every day. And every day it breaks my heart when I see the pictures of people who have committed suicide and their family who are going to walk on the 9th of September, I think it is. Is that correct? 9th of September. 10th of September. I'm doing a wedding, so I'm going to have to do it another day. Um, But they're going and walking on behalf of those who've ended their lives through suicide. Some of that is the pressure of our social media. Some of our young people getting all their identity and understanding from social media. And when people come online and call them names and stick it to them, take their lives. So it can be good, it can be bad. The other one is greed. Greed in the area of our social media. The knife, the greed. I want to give you two examples of greed. We had some floods back in February. Remember those? I got a mate who works in the markets, the Brisbane markets. They got flooded, absolutely smashed with the flooding. And so the power was all down low. And they had to get in generators. Now, the average generator, a great big diesel generator, hire it for two weeks in December last year was $1,000 for two weeks. That's a lot of money to hire a big, gener- it's a big generator, big diesel generator. But after the floods, because supply and demand, those machines were being rented for $4,000 for two weeks. That's greed. What happened to the good old Aussies getting in there? And helping one another out. No, no, there's my mate. He's suffering. He's just lost a million dollars worth of produce. All his power's out. He's lost four forklifts. I'm going to charge him four times the price to hire my generator. You beauty. Greed. Greed is everywhere at the moment. It breaks my heart at the moment. We get emails, Robin, nearly every week, people looking for accommodation. I've got nothing up my sleeve for accommodation. There's Hopes for Homes uh, meeting coming up in September 26th. We're trying to work it out. The church is getting on board and trying to do some stuff. The government's trying to do some stuff. 
but it is a slow train coming around the bend. And I'm not talking about Bob Dylan's song. I'm talking about heartbreak of people sleeping rough here on the coast. And we've got prices going through the roof. My brother just bought a house down in Brisbane for $900,000. It's a lovely house, but I don't see $900,000. My real estate guys in my area keep putting things in my letterbox saying, sell your house, Donnie, we can get $1.4 million for it. <laughs> I go, you guys are dreaming. You're kidding me. The rent's going up. The people living next door to me, their rent's through the roof. My brother moved out of his leased house into the house that he bought and he was paying 600 just at the top of 600 a week. They're now renting it out for 675 And they got it in two days. People greedy. I've got a family, friends, who have a house and instead of following the market, they rented their house out at way below market. They prayed about it and said, no, nah, we're not doing that. And they were able to rent it out to a family that was caught in an NDIS and both of their kids are in wheelchairs. And so not only were they able to help that family, but they were able to give it at a price that they could afford. I want to see more of that happening in our community where people are going, no, no deal. I'm not ripping my brothers and sisters off. I'm going to stand. I'm not for greed. The other one is, the butter knife. Not very dangerous, is it? But this relates to me, my attitudes, my thoughts, my power, the way I can damage. I can go online and say something and damage people. I can go online and, and talk about referees getting it wrong. Not in the Brisbane Parramatta game, they didn't. But you know what I mean? I can say to people nasty, mean, malicious things. I've got the power of a butter knife and I carry it around with me all day, every day. And yet a butter knife, for those of us like fresh bread, butter, peanut butter, jam and bananas. So good. So it can be a blessing or it can be a curse. And then my three pictures that I want to grab hold of today. The machete, the power, the sword, as it were, in Jesus' day. Good, but dangerous. The blade, the social media, the greed that is everywhere, causing so much damage and yet can be so helpful. The bread knife, the one we can carry around with us every single day. The way we can impact people or... We can bless people. You see, before we get to Jesus' passage in John chapter 13, we actually have to go back a little bit and hear what Jesus says about something else that is incredibly powerful and that we're saying a lot about today. Let me just highlight it for you. I've been putting it up on our Facebook page during the week and some of you have read it already, so it's not coming as a surprise. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, we read this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. 
But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good would it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchanging for their soul? So what is it? The government, our greed, our social media, what's more important? Jesus, the cross, picking up the cross daily. And if you want to see how important it was to Jesus and the disciples, that same passage is recorded in Mark chapter 8 and in Luke chapter 9. So before we get to John chapter 13 and we get to Jesus washing the disciples' feet, we have to pick up the cross. We have to grab the cross. See, Jesus, in all of those passages, was heading to the cross. He was saying, this is where I'm going. This is what it's all about. I'm going to the cross for you and for me. He's going to the cross for all those people that that get smashed to pieces in governments all around the world. He's going to the cross for all those that are damaged through areas of suicide, domestic violence. He's going to the cross and he's picking it up and he's carrying it. And he challenges you and I to do it as well. Now, I wear a cross around my neck. It's part of my remembrance. And if you ever watch me during worship, I will grab hold of that in a prayer meeting. I'll grab hold of that. Sometimes before I go in and teach, I grab hold of that. And I remember Jesus has called me to pick up my cross. And sometimes it's like, okay, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for you? How do you pick up your cross? How do you live it? How do you deny yourself for the sake of the gospel? How do you use, lose your life and save it for others? Here's a surprise for you. I'm not real good at it. According to my clinical psychologist, I have a massive, high self-sacrifice level in my life. And we're trying to unpack where all that came from. I think a lot of it came from this because I said, I want to pick up the cross. I want to live for Jesus. But I do it so well that my own self-care is destroyed. Anyone surprised by me saying that? And yet, now I have to grab hold of that. So how do I follow Jesus but look after my health? How do I follow Jesus but look after myself in doing the work that God has called me to do as a pastor? How do I do that? It feels like a massive train is coming down the track and I'm standing in front of it and I'm about to stop it, but the only problem is I'm not Superman. And part of the thing I have to do is realise I'm not Superman, that there is only one saviour for this universe and his name is not Donnie Johnson, it's Jesus. So when we pick up the cross and we live for Jesus, how do we do that? How do we make that work? How does that flow for you and for me? Jesus goes from from the cross to that time where they get together in John chapter 13. Thank you, Trish, for reading it out. In John chapter 13, the picture is a beautiful picture. They get together and they're celebrating the Passover. Now, quick question. Is this the first time they've ever done this? No, no. They're good Jewish boys, these boys. They would have gone the Passover together numerous times. Certainly at least three times together 
as the 12. And they get together. And the evening meal was in process. And there's a whole bunch of different things happening. The devil is entering into Simon Iscariot. Jesus is aware of that. Wouldn't that break your heart? You're at the final meal with your mates, the mates you've walked with for three years, 24-7, day in, day out. And one of your mates has picked up the machete, the power to betray. And he goes and he sells Jesus' whereabouts for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus gets up and he pours water into the basin and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. He takes the role of a servant. And in our day and age, we don't understand servanthood real well because we don't have servants. We, we don't get it. But in Jewish culture, you walk into the house and, and a servant or the daughters, sorry girls, or the wife, the lady of the house, would go and put on an apron or a towel and take on the role of the servant and wash your grimy feet. Because guess what? You've just come in from the road. And guess what? The road is dirty. It's stinky. And you're stinky. But at least they can wash your feet. And they would do that again and again and again. Jesus grabs it and he decides he will be the servant the king of kings the lord of lords the bright morning star the rose of sharon our lord and savior grabs hold of a apron or a towel and he wraps it around his waist the bible says he takes his outer garments off and it strips down to do it. And you can understand why Peter goes, no, no, not on your life will you do this to me. You get that? I get that. I wouldn't want Jesus to wash my feet. No, no, we'll, I'll do it the other way around. You're the one that walked on the water. You're the one that raised the dead. You're the one that made the, the blind to see. You're the one that made the, the deaf to hear. You, you know... I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. I'll wash your feet. But Jesus says, no, you've got to get this. Because down the track, Donnie Johnson's going to be living on the Sunshine Coast in Kiwana, and he's got to get this. If you guys don't get this, he won't get it. And so he grabs hold of the towel, and he starts washing their feet. And then Peter, as Peter does, goes a little bit overboard. Well, okay, Lord, if that's the way it has to be, give me a bath. Give me a bath. It's like, you can imagine Jesus going, are you serious, Peter? <laughs> Come on, mate. And so he takes it. And then he says in verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place you ready for these words? Do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I 
have done for you. Pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow Jesus. How's a way that you can pick up the cross, deny yourself and follow Jesus? You can wash each other's feet. You can humble yourself. You can be generous. You can watch out for the vulnerable. Servanthood. Pick up the cross. Then pick up the towel. Put on the apron and become a servant to others. Just as Jesus did, we too are meant to do the same. I'm meant to do it. You're meant to do it. Together, for one another. And you know what that also means? We need to let other people do it for us as well. You stubborn ones like Peter, like Donnie, we need to let other people minister to us. We need to let the Holy Spirit in to minister to us. Servanthood, displaying love, acceptance, humility, generosity and servant hearts to all, particularly the vulnerable. Particularly the vulnerable. I want to challenge you this week to take time. And, and you don't have to literally go out there with a bucket and a towel and, and wash people's feet, all right? If, if I'm up at Malula Bar on Wednesday afternoon and you're standing there at, at a bus station with your bucket and towel saying, this is what Donnie told me to do, so I'm being obedient, and stopping every person walking past, hey, mate, I want to wash your feet. Don't say you're from Kwana Life Baptist Church. <laughs> but you can wash people's feet in other ways, can't you? Figuratively, ministry-wise. But today, but today, in this place, I've got two buckets ready. I've got my apron on. I must have bought the small size. <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> I did have my apron at home that my kids gave me for Father's Day about 20 years ago. Isn't it fun? Kids give you good presents. But on this beautiful apron... It had, where there's fire, there's dad at the barbecue. I started a fire in my barbecue once in my whole 58 years of life. And they emblazed it on an apron for me to wear every time I was on the barbecue. I am so thankful that my God forgives me more than my kids did. And he doesn't remind me of the fires that I've started either. But I want to challenge you. As Dan comes and leads us in our last song, if you would like to come and wash people's feet in an act of servanthood, in the act of being a servant, you can. The water was boiling hot at the beginning of today when I set it up, so it's lukewarm now. It's pretty good. Um, I, I want to give you that challenge, to come and wash each other's feet. Uh, my suggestion is that you do take your shoes and socks off first and uh, come and grab a seat in this chair or that chair um, or sit up here and take it. So have I got any, someone who's going to come join me? Nath. Thank you, Nath. Nath's going to come up and I'm going to wash his feet.
and I'll get the team to come and uh, lead us in our last song. Please stay and join us for morning tea. But during morning tea this morning, if it hits you and you want someone to wash your feet or you're going to wash someone else's feet, then um, feel free to come up and do that. Thanks, Nathan.